Welcome back to the Global Digital Banker. My name is Adele Grissaf and this is RFI Group's data-backed podcast focused on key trends, thought leadership and best practice within the fast-growing and dynamic world of digital banking. This week's episode focuses on value over utilities across AI, self-service and digital advice. Guests include Michelle Joliat, Managing Director and Head of Wealth Digitization, Robotics and Process Transformation at BMO Financial Group, and Jason Daly, VP Product, Digital and Strategy at Manulife. Firstly, Michelle Joliat shares BMO's key priorities and upcoming opportunities within digital, as well as challenges faced with deploying new technologies and how they overcome them. Chloe James here for the Global Digital Banker podcast, and I'm really excited to be speaking to Michelle Joliet, who is the Managing Director and Head of the Wealth and Digitization, Robotics and Process Transformation. What a title <laughs> at BMO. Michelle, great to speak to you. Great. Thanks so much. So just kicking off, let's just start with BMO. What you're looking at as far as opportunities, what you're currently pursuing, developing. I mean, you're in this process transformation role. Tell me about what your key priorities are. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Looking forward and, and really focusing a around digitization and and our digital experience and client experience, Um, we always look at process transformation, so simplifying and standardizing the process prior to any automation. Uh, Digitization, so automating around the self-serve and the assisted channels, and um, smart process automation around RPA and machine learning, sort of to drive efforts to make things faster and have a better tailored experience for our clients moving forward. So some of the things that we're currently working on is around the process transformation digitization is getting a fully onboard process now for our Nesbitt Burns clients. So really making sure that they can do all of their servicing and onboarding quickly and effectively and efficiently. And what we've seen through this is we've been able to reduce the onboarding forms by about 90% that clients have to fill out. We've taken it from multiple client account agreements to one. And uh, we've been able to reduce the time for onboarding from 14 days to about 30 minutes if you look at sort of the speed that you can do it in now. Um, So we've gotten some great feedback and adoption on that. Um, In the RPA space, we're really excited about being able to interface with existing UIs and go into back-end and front-end systems without having to develop a new UI and be able to link in more quickly without having to connect systems. So we're able to do things a lot more quickly with a lot less development cost. But we're really excited about sort of being able to do that. One of the ones we've just deployed is accesses uh, 18 different source systems, and we're able to do it for, you know, $100,000 instead of millions of dollars and be able to turn it out pretty quickly. Um, we're able to fulfill service requests by customers and automating processes that bankers have to do day-to-day and make it a lot more easy to redeploy resources to value-added things. Awesome. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, speeding things up for customers is one thing, which is fantastic for them and fantastic for your user experience. But speeding things up for the organization internally is hugely beneficial as well. If we move beyond these current and kind of recent opportunities, what's next? What's next for you? Um, Some of the next opportunities you foresee or are expecting to see in the future? Obviously, keeping up with the speed of change. Anything else? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we've been really focused on human-centric design and getting much closer to the customer, understand what drives their needs and values and being able to approach them with empathy. So understanding what their real problems are. So I think we can get a little bit closer to that. So applying for a mortgage isn't just about the 
paperwork. It's about all the anxiety about, am I asking for the right amount of money? Am I going to get approved? How fast is this going to go? Are rates going to change? And so when we really look at leveraging the insights on how we can make things more human and get a little bit closer to that, I think looking at utilizing natural language processing and AI to understand more customer sentiment and driving value from that, and really linking our strategy to are we producing the right tools for the client. Absolutely. As you say, it's a, it's a hugely emotional thing to do, get a mortgage, and you need that personal touch and that personal attribute, you know, to somebody really understand me, but then you obviously need the digitization behind everything to make it happen quickly and seamlessly and smoothly. Absolutely. Let's just finish up then with challenges and barriers that you see. Mm-hmm. I guess let's just keep this lens of, of AI and, and the digitization of things. What are the biggest challenges there and what are the barriers and how are you overcoming them at BMO? Yeah, absolutely. I think with high complexity requires really skilled resources and I think it's attracting and retaining these resources and and making the value proposition of why people want to come and work at a bank. And, uh, you know, there's the sentiment uh, last night at, at a dinner that we all had was, yeah, you want to go work at Google? Yeah, so do I. But what's going to make you come and, and sort of stay with the bank? So the value proposition there. Mapping the client experience journey against our limitations. So time and money and understanding what's sort of the sweet spot of fulfillment that we can do to solve client needs and problems within the parameters that we have and making sure that we get it right within the time and, and money that we have. Um, the quality of the data. So all the processes rely really heavily on data. And I think process stability and standardization and documentation is really key moving forward as well on some of the challenges that we've got. Yeah, so many great points there. Something you've just made me think of is hoping that people come and work within a bank. And and Toronto in Canada, there are some huge big tech organizations coming into the market mm-hmm. that are kind of taking up some of that really big talent. The the Amazons, the Ubers, they've just announced a whole bunch of new jobs, Microsoft. So is that mm-hmm. a challenge you face? I'm just adding in a question here that you didn't even know about, Michelle, yeah. but how does the bank attract talent and, and retain talent when there are, I guess, threats, if you like, from other organizations where you can go and work for a yeah, Google? absolutely. And this is something that, that the bank is really focused on around the chief talent officer and looking at not just what millennials want in the market or in a job, but how they want to grow and what's important to them. And I think it's sort of, again, the value proposition. How can we play in that space? I've done different things to try to acquire talent. So going and running case competitions at different conferences and picking talent out of places that might not otherwise be recruited. So I think it's also tailoring what you want and and going out and finding those people too. And convincing them that they want to work with you I think is really important too and and making it more personal for people as well. That's great, great to see what the Bank of Montreal is doing there. Thank you so much Michelle, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Next we hear from Jason Daly who explains the role digital advice plays in financial services today, how to encourage customer trust to drive digital usage and the technologies he believes will truly stand the test of time. Chloe James here with Jason Daly, VP of Product, Digital and Strategy at Manulife. A big job there, Jason. Yes. Hi, Chloe. Let's just kick off with what role does digital advice play really in financial services today? What are you seeing? Yeah, it's a good question. We see it playing kind of a complementary role, kind of on the verge or on the, the cusp of a bit of a tsunami where it's going to be uh, you know, a much larger part of consumer experience going forward. Digital advice, you know, there's always going to be a role for face-to-face, you know, high-touch advice with uh, you know, a certain portion of customers. But I think there's a great opportunity with, you know, the advancements in, in artificial intelligence and be able to, uh, to develop more tailored, personalized insights for customers uh, going forward. Mm, I love that you've brought up AI. It's such a such an interesting topic, and we think about all the, you know, new digital things entering the market. 
We've spoken a lot today about trust. So it's how does trust go hand in hand with digital? How will you encourage trust among your customers to use different types of technologies like AI? The brands that are well established out there, whether it's you know insurance brands or, or banking brands, you know that have some history, I think they stand to, to benefit um, from that history and trust that they built with with customers versus some of the emerging players. But I think you know the, the, there's no real secret sauce. I don't know that anyone's totally got it figured out, especially in the digital advice area. But I think you just got to start small, take small uh, steps forward. Don't try and boil the ocean with you know developing this really robust and integrated digital advice programs, just start with small little bits of advice mm. and uh, engage, you know, reactions for that, hopefully create some surprise and some delight with customers. And I think over time with that combination of having that trust with your brand and then seeing how you can interact uh, with them and, and you know, receive some tailored, more personalized insights and, and help them with their, their financial future. Um, you'll build that trust over time. Yeah, I think so. I think that's great great advice there on just a couple of user cases and, and test things out, see how they go, see how they go with your customers and then engender that trust and then you can move forward from there. Manulife is a global customer base of over 26 million, mm. big customer base there. How do you expect to see uptake play out geographically when it comes to, to digital? It's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, when you look at some of the statistics, which I just uh, privy to this morning through RFI research yeah. around, um, you know, trust, and digital adoption uh, in various markets. You know, you see it being slightly lower in some of the key Asian markets versus Canada and U.S., but I think with digital advice, where the big problem being trying to solve for with kind of that middle market, uh, it's in Asia. Uh, so I think you're going to see maybe early adoption in, say, the U.S. market, maybe followed by Canada. But I think where the big push will be, uh, let's say, you know, maybe three, four or five years from now, um, you're solving a much bigger problem over there. And I think there's going to be a lot more resources and effort and intention in making digital advice more accessible and successful with the, the middle class population. Absolutely. Thanks. Amazing insight there. Now, now, with technology, we see a lot of fads, we see a lot of trends, a lot of hype, a lot of buzzwords. What technologies do you see as maybe some of those more short-lived trends? Or what do you see as standing the test of time? What's it, what's it going to take? That's a tricky question. You know, there's so many things that are emerging and so fast right now, and, and a lot of them have, you know, some basis to say these could be long-term, you know, long-term trends. Uh, you know, I think things like maybe virtual reality, augmented reality, and how that maybe plays into financial services. People are experimenting with that a little bit. Are, uh, we, are we going to yeah. actually walk around with goggles on? <laughs> yes, yeah, or, you know, pulling up, you know, an augmented reality to find, you know, an ATM or something like that. I think maybe yeah. those types of things might be a little short-lived, but definitely... Uh, when I look at advanced analytics, um, artificial intelligence, uh, I think that has the ability to really drive scale with tailored and personalized insights and recommendations for customers back to the kind of the overall digital advice. And they can do that at low cost. So I think the company that can combine that high tech, high personalization um, and do it in a low cost manner, uh, whether that's a bank or that's a big tech company or big data company, you know, there's a great opportunity to win. And I think those technologies are, are going to be around for, uh, for the long term. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jason. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Chloe. We hope you enjoyed the episode this week. To view the show notes from this episode, head to globaldigitalbanker.com. To get in touch with us, check out our Instagram, Global Digital Banker, Twitter at GDB Podcast or on Facebook under Global Digital Banker Podcast. If you're interested in being a part of the show or would like to let us know what you think of this episode, email us at gdbpodcast at rfigroup.com.